You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Locked On Crossover Edition podcast, where we're going to talk about two teams that could be playing a ton coming up soon. My name's Tony East. I cover the Pacers for a bunch of places, including Locked On Pacers. Pacers Heat is tomorrow, so that means we need Locked On Heat host David Ramel here to talk about Pacers Heat, which could be, again, nine times in the next ten games for both teams. So first of all, David, how are you and are you enjoying uh, the NBA bubble so far? Oh, I mean, I think it's been fantastic. I, I don't think anybody has any problem with the basketball. Games seem to be incredibly competitive, and I don't know if it's just that you know, we were deprived of basketball for as long as we were, but it, it seems like almost every game has some kind of stakes attached to it. They've been really super interesting. And it's just been it's been very, very from a sociological perspective, but even just from a fan or basketball aficionado perspective, like the games have been great. So I am really, really loving the restart and the whole process. And I just think back to our last conversation, which was I want to say early April when we talked about a regular season game that would have taken place between the Pacers and Heat and, and of course, the, the anticipated rematch between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren. At that point in time, neither of us had any expectations that the season was going to start anytime soon. And yet here we are, months later, talking Four about a restart. Later. Yeah, and, and here potentially with a, a playoff matchup between the two teams looming in the, in the future. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I mean, between the like you said with the league, between the the worst eight teams not being there and no travel, just the quality of play just seems absurd every game. Like you check the slate and it's just good game, good game, good game, good game all the way down. But this one is extra exciting for the two reasons that you just said. One is well, I brought this up too that they could be playing a ton. We could be seeing a playoff preview. They play twice this week for sure anyway. So we're gonna see what this game could lead to for Friday's matchup if Friday's matchup actually matters. But two, yeah, the, the big thing, and we'll talk about these two guys first because I think this is the story of the game, is TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. For those who somehow don't know, although I have a feeling if you're listening, a listener of Lockdown Heat or Lockdown Pacers, you know all about this. Uh, when these two teams met in, oh, geez, January, I believe yeah. it was the ninth, um, yeah. they got into a tiff on the court. Uh, both got texts on one play and then... Uh, there was a stop, and then T.J. Warren clapped at Jimmy Butler and then got ejected. Jimmy blew him a kiss, and then, you know, that was it during the game. But then in the postgame comments, Jimmy Butler said, you know, he's not in my league and circled the next Pacers game on the schedule for his Instagram. And so they clearly have uh, – whatever they were saying on the court clearly held some weight for both guys. And, you know, Jimmy, uh, superstar player, multi-time All-Star, although T.J. Warren uh, looks like – the. NBA MVP in the bubble. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating matchup between those two guys. Let me let me start off with that then because I, I know I had been – I had talked to Caitlin Cooper of Indy Cornrows prior to the restart and getting her take on what the Pacers would look like. And, of course, there were questions about Victor Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, and, of course, that was right after Doma Sabonis had gone hurt. 
did you have any kind of inkling that TJ Warren would play to this level? Because no. from, uh, yeah. Okay. That's where <laughs> I thought I, I, I looked at the Suns. obviously having just lost to Phoenix the night before I can say that that's probably the biggest surprise team in the bubble, but I think second would absolutely fall to Indiana. There were so the Suns many are the only team that beat the Pacers. This is right. The the two most surprising teams, <laughs> uh, four and one in the Pacers and five and zero oh with the Suns. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't think anybody anticipated Indiana being able to play this well. I mean, they've got incredible performances from Warren for sure, but Brogdon's been playing great. Oladipo's holding his own, and that's without Sabonis, arguably their best player. Yeah, last night they they played the Lakers, and you know the Lakers have been struggling in the bubble, but you know they've been holding Braun out and limiting 80s minutes and stuff. And then this game they didn't do either of those things. They played <laughs> LeBron basically the whole fourth quarter, and they played AD a ton. And I think some of it was just that they wanted to show the league, like, hey, these guys are healthy. Like, we're still good. But the Pacers just won because the three guys you just mentioned, and Caitlin was right, too. You know, she's brilliant and is absolutely the best at Pacers coverage. But she was absolutely right to question what we get to see from Brogdon, given his COVID diagnosis and his season in general, right? How in shape is he going to be? What's he going to look like? Same with Depot. He had played 13 games in, like, 19 months before the restart. Absolutely fair questions about those guys. Against the Lakers, we saw the Warren Brogdon Depot trio show exactly what, you know, this is what Kevin Pritchard thought was, okay, this is how these three guys fit together. They com- they had 24 for Brogdon, 22 for Depot, and 39 for Warren. I don't, I'm not good enough at math to do that. I think that's 85. They all shot above 50%. They were impossible for the Lakers to guard. They looked ridiculous. I mean, that was, it was an insane performance and, it's just, yeah, like you said, the Pacers are a surprise team because no one knew what to expect from them. But all of them hitting a good beat at the same time was not something I don't think anybody expected. So what's the been the key to Warren's success here? Is it just more comfort in Nate's system? Is it the kind of quality shots that he's getting? Or is he just able to knock him down? Is this just kind of like this incredible rash of, of, of really hot shooting games? Or is this going to taper off? What's your, what's your take on all this? Because I, I don't think we've ever seen this kind of productivity from that player before. No, no. So during the, his quarantine, he said that he, since, you know, he loves like just one-on-one or like park style playing basketball all the time. So he couldn't play against anybody, right? So in his time off, he just chucked up threes. He said, I expand his range. And then Doug McDermott, as soon as the Pacers got to the bubble, someone asked McDermott, like, who's impressed you in practice? And right away, McDermott's like, TJ Warren's expanded his range. Okay, whatever, you know, it's a comment about practice. I don't think anything of it. And then the game start. And then you suddenly are like, oh, shit. (laughs) TJ Warren can shoot from everywhere now. Like, he is just chucking from forever. I mean, he can shoot threes. And, you know, Kaylin wrote about this. Uh, I keep bringing her up, but, again, she's brilliant. So, he's like, they're letting him, like, rise above picks and do stuff in the mid post and operate as the ball handler around pick and rolls more often they're just getting him the ball in different situations than they used to and because he's able to shoot now there's not an easy way to guard it there already really wasn't because he's a good iso-ish scorer but there's just not an easy way to guard him and I think that him changing his game a little bit and the Pacers being forced to use him differently combined is just allowing him to play in the literal perfect situation for him and be an awesome scorer but the other little part of this to me also is the way he is as a person, right, kind of quiet, just likes basketball. The open gym-ish style of the games really lets him stay focused, stay in his head, and just go out and kill other teams, right? He doesn't have to deal with crowd heckling, stuff like that. So it's the perfect setting. Like, literally all the stars line for this to be the perfect setting for him to go off, and he is doing it. 
That's incredible. I, I mean, I, I think we saw the potential that a lot of guys would be able to expand on their games a little bit during the time off. But I mean, the, the conversely, you know, a lot of people were without access to basketball. You heard about Chris Middleton not touching a basketball for three months. And obviously that was somewhat overblown, but it's incredible to say that Warren has gone somehow even better and, and become just a phenomenal score. And I mean, his defense had already been much improved. It, how, is, is playmaking from him been an issue, but you, you kind of rely mostly on Brogdon and Oladipo to create opportunities for others? Well, he's not, he's just not really a passer ever. It's just not something TJ Warren has ever had to do in his career. But now he's seeing doubles, right? Against the Suns, he saw double teams. Against the Lakers at times, he saw double teams. And he's smart enough, you know, he's good enough at basketball to know just give it up right away. But it's never like an advanced pass that sets up a, a guy somewhere else. It's just like the, the dump off to the, to the guy who pops up in the post or the guard that popped up, whatever. So he's, you know, he's not, you're right, he's not a playmaker. I think he tied his second best assists game uh, against the Wizards in the bubble with four, right? Like he's just, he's not a setup guy. It's not what he's right. going to do. But it, yeah, it's Brogdon and Depot, right? Without Sabonis to be the passer, uh, they've been the the setup guys and it's, it, they're good at it, right? They, they're both high IQ, read the game, draw more defenses, and they can make the skip pass to the advanced read. So yeah, they don't, they don't need Warren to, to pass to others. They just need him to keep making every shot he takes. So... I think the big question then is, is TJ Warren at Jimmy Butler's level now? Can he compete in your opinion? I, I mean, I think the question is obviously, uh, yeah, the answer is obviously yes, but uh, I mean, I'm, I want to feel it to you because I'm curious to see how you anticipate this. Well, match down. Uh, before I answer, I have to feel to you because Jimmy's only played two games in the bubble, right? Their first and second game. So what's his conditioning level like? What did he look like? Is he going to be ready to give his insane level of defense in this game because Mikael Bridges did a good job shutting down TJ Warren, but even other high level defenders haven't had success. So like if Warren, I mean, and obviously both of these guys are going to be like as locked in as possible going all out, but you know, is Warren or is born is Butler at the level and conditioning to do that. Well, that's a good question. And it's one I should absolutely answer, but I'll do that later on before I'll tell you that, Jimmy Butler would absolutely benefit from CBDMD because it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day, even Jimmy Butler. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. They have CBD Freeze with Menthol, which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze too. CBD Recover combines CBD with anti-inflammatory compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer. They're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, it's at CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. So before the break, we were talking about the potential Jimmy Butler-TJ Warren matchup. Obviously, that's the, the sexy rematch that everybody's going to be tuning in for. And I have no idea how to guess what's going to happen next. Because if you had told me earlier in this week that Jimmy Butler was going to miss three games, I did not anticipate that being the case. He, he looked as energized and ready to go during the scrimmages just a few weeks ago when the games actually started. He looked springy. He looked agile. He looked like he was just the kind of player that we really hadn't seen for most of the regular season. As good as he was during the regular season, he wasn't exactly 
it didn't it didn't look quite right. Obviously, his shot has been off. It's been more inconsistent than it has been at any point throughout his career. And there were questions about his injury status and and maybe some lingering things with his wrist and ankle and feet. And obviously, he had missed a few games earlier in the season before the hiatus took place in mid March. But uh, you know, we weren't sure what to expect when he came back to Orlando. And then, of course, he looks much much better. Plays a couple games. They win one. They lose a tight one to the Toronto Raptors. But Jimmy doesn't look like he's got any kind of issues or he's limping or anything like that. Next, we get a weird statement from Heat PR that he's out of practice. And we're wondering, oh, what the heck is that going on? Then you start seeing tweets from other plugged-in reporters in the bubble saying maybe it has something to do with an inconclusive test for the COVID-19 virus. And and we're not quite sure what to make of it. And then he misses the next three games with what is being termed an ankle injury. So there's a lot going on there. And we're not quite sure what's taking place. Heat PR hasn't addressed it. The coaching staff hasn't really addressed it. And from what we hear, it seems like he might be available to play against the Pacers. But I don't know what to make of it. If, again, if you ask me and put me on a spot right now, I'd tell you that Jimmy's not hurt, that I didn't see any kind of lingering issues during the Raptors game, which was his last performance. And, and since then, he's just he's been active on the sidelines. He's there. He doesn't, he's not wearing a boot. I don't know what would have forced him out of three games uh, the way it has when all these games, to some degree, matter. If for nothing else, just to, to give some kind of sort of consistency and, and to establish, as Spo likes to say, the, kind, Ryan, uh, the right kind of rhythm as you're going into the playoffs. So I'm a little surprised that he's missed his time. Um, I, I mean, again, if he does play, I'm sure he's going to be playing at 100%. I, I just, that's just my guess from everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I remember the initial fear was one of the Heat players, I forget which, when asked about him, said, right, whenever he's out of quarantine. Was yes, the- Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay yeah. Crowder. That was the thing. Is I don't know if this is the same thing with Pacers media, let me tell you, but Heat media, they go fishing for some answers. And and because <laughs> Eric Spolstra is so tight-lipped about this, it's like you kind of kind of go in at all these different kind of angles just to force any kind of response. Spo is unbreakable. He's seen it all during the big three era. So that was I, McMillan, I understand. Yeah. So I, I just he doesn't he does not let anything go. So then you kind of start going at players. And that's how we found out about Bam at a bio and Kendrick Nunn being the two players that tested positively before the bubble even started, because they unfortunately asked uh Goran Dragic you know what it was like to have the team uh, minus a couple of players and then you know he he inadvertently said who <laughs> the players were we didn't have any idea which players had been uh, had tested positive for the coronavirus so um yeah it, it's you know the quarantine thing was an issue he hasn't obviously that's not been the problem because he was at the, on the, along the sidelines there and he's been practicing so this is all a very strange setup i, I, I mean again my take is that maybe He's healthy. I think he's healthy. I wonder, too, if Spo is willing to kind of hold him out, maybe just to to let him get all the rest that he needs so that he can be as locked in and engaged as possible for the playoffs or over the next couple of games against the Pacers when these things really matter. I'm not sure. I mean, he could just be hurt. I know Goran Dragic absolutely is hurt, and we saw the play during which he got hurt. But as, as far as Jimmy's concerned, he hasn't played. I mean, Eric Spolstra mentioned before the restart that there would be some kind of machinations that you don't want to necessarily show everything during those the eight seeding games because the opportunity to scout is so much more available. Like obviously during the regular season, you're traveling, you're going from place to place, you've got so many games, it's almost impossible to scout. But now with so much time on your hands, you're available to go to these games to see everything out. He sat Myers Leonard, who was part of Miami's 
most successful lineup during the regular season. He sat him out all five games. Hasn't played a single minute. I mean, you've got guys on, on, on two-way contracts that have played some. Myers Leonard, who started 40-something games for this team, hasn't played. So I, I don't know if Spo is just – if he's just holding back some of his aces in the, you know, in the hole or something like that because it, it just seems like he's, he's really trying to, to create something there that we didn't expect. At least that's my guess. It's hard to kind of guess with Spo. Again, he, he plays everything very tight to the vest. That's probably smart. Yeah, with all basketball all the time in the bubble, it's so easy to go watch a team or scout or do it. It's not like you got anything else to do. You've only got one restaurant on campus that you can go to. (laughs) If you get another restaurant, you can't cross the street to pick up the food or else like Rashawn Holmes, you'll be out for 10 days too. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the last thing on this, but if Butler really is healthy, like you've said, and I believe you uh, that he is and that, you know, maybe they're they're just like exposed, just doing something to keep him ready, then – I expect maybe that just builds up the lore, but I just I think that matchup's going to be two guys at their absolute peak who want to bust each other's ass, and I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, but yeah, we should probably talk about the rest of the team, right? I think we've we focused enough on Jimmy versus TJ. I mean, it's a, it is an interesting matchup, though. I mean, we're really more playing as well as he is, and and Butler showing that he is, our, you know, without a doubt, the team's best perimeter defender. I, I think it's just been it's really great, and I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out if Jimmy's in fact available and ready to go. So the Pacers have not seen the Heat since the trade deadline, which is very noteworthy because the Heat now have Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, two guys who are taking some of Meyer Leonard, Myers Leonard's minutes, although apparently Leonard's just not playing at all. But right, Crowder started a few times, I believe. Yeah. Uh, then I've seen the Heat right at that four spot. And you know, Iguodala's Iguodala, although, again, Iguodala looks a little rusty, but whatever. I, uh, do you really think so? Or have you, have you actually seen Iguodala play and that's your take is that he's rusty? No, he just looks sl- not rusty, like slower, I think is a better word. Oh, I, you know, because that's been, to me, again, based on what we saw in, in March and February pa- past the deadline, the All-Star break, he actually looks really good. He, he, is not, he is not being supremely productive, nor will he be at this point in his career. But even in the most recent loss, I can't recall now to whom, he, uh, oh, to the Bucks. It was a, a matchup against the Bucks, and it was a tight one for – 45 minutes of play until they blew it out in the third in the last three minutes of the game. But Iguodala had the highest plus minus rating amongst all heat players. Plus 18. Wow. Yeah. And he is, he is being really, really good at, at just making plays. He, he, he has incredible understanding of where to be on the court, high basketball IQ due to his incredible experience and all that. But he just, he's making sharp plays. He's knocking down the shot. Okay. Not great. But at the same time, he's just he's being a really across the board kind of contributor, and that's perfect for what his role is on this team. Now, the other thing with him is, as a you know multi time champion, high IQ player, his positioning is flawless. Right, he just makes stuff easier for his teammates just by being in the right spot all the time, and that right. kind of stuff is why he's so valuable. But Crowder too, right? He's been, he's been a little bit better for the Heat than he has been in past seasons. Oh my God, he he has been a scary lights out shooter, and now I think that's kind of the book on on Crowder is that he's going to have these these runs where he's just incredibly he's shooting at a, at a very high volume and that's been the case since the restart like he's just he's been shooting I think like 50 percent or something like that ridiculous from three-point range and catch and shoot opportunities off the dribble just things that we didn't expect from Crowder when he first picked up on the team like he right. he's been on Miami's radar for a while even before the acquisition he was just one of those guys a three and D, D type player that that loves embracing the work and all that stuff. He he has, and he's from South Florida, which I did not know prior to his acquisition. And and so, 
the, he's been on their radar and then he comes to this team and he's just, he was immediately productive and he has maintained that level of productivity. And so his shooting has been a real, real, real blessing for Miami. They just go to him a lot. He bails them out in a lot of late shot clock type uh, you know, opportunities when either Duncan Robinson can't get a look or Tyler Hero or Goran Dragic or any other player that's been available. If they can't get a shot within the first you know, 18, 20 seconds, normally Crowder is open from the wing, and then that's when he's been able to knock down those shots at a high rate. Yeah, him being good is huge too because, I mean, in Memphis he was like fine, I guess. He's a vet, but... How do the Heat do it? Like, they just take any vet and they're like, okay, we're going to make you the absolute best version of yourself on this team. I don't get it. Every single player that comes there. But, you know, hey, it looks more more like the Celtics guy who was valuable yes. and useful. Yeah. Yeah. Or even for the, the couple of months that he was in Utah after that Cleveland Cavaliers trade. Or, I mean, yeah. 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 It's just, you know, I, I have to say, I, I think for Miami, and maybe this gets overblown, and I, I, I fully understand that, especially from a, a Pacers fan's perspective, they're probably rolling <laughs> their eyes just even thinking about this. But there, there is that culture there. But moreover, I really do believe that they're very good at establishing a clear hierarchy and role, especially now that you have Jimmy Butler as the team's undisputed best player. Although he'll give credit to Bam Adebayo as the team's best player. I think that's more just kind of talking up Bam and, and acknowledging that Bam is an up-and-coming player with a great future ahead of him. But you have Butler at the top, you have Bam right below that, and then kind of everybody just understands now where to fit in, whereas the last couple of years, there was a certain lack of identity there, and nobody really understood what their role is. Now you get a guy like, like Crowder, you plug and play him, and he understands exactly what he needs to do, and he does it at a high level. So it just it works. And, and so I think that's, the, that's ultimately the, the key to that success. Yeah, that, that's a big trade for them to get to useful – forward front court guys it, it was yeah it was done in mind to create a wall to stop Giannis out of the compo that was the, yeah. the the vision they had yes yeah the heat actually do pretty well i mean they they beat the are they close with the bucks for a while i mean that game was weird yeah. but uh, yeah they beat the bucks early in the season too they, they've done a pretty good job against milwaukee so i'm looking forward to that uh, i want to talk about some other guys david i think we need to talk about the lovely people over at rock auto first because one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a change store or a new car dealership when you can get it for cheaper at rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tan lamps motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on, all caps, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So, David, we've covered four players in like 20 minutes because this game is just full of interesting stuff. But we've only talked about T.J. Warren. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if any of their Pacers players are intriguing to you, but is there any matchup that, that scares you outside of T.J. versus Jimmy? Well, it's Brogdon, to be 100% honest with you. I mean, we've had a lot of problems at the guard position creating any kind of reliable defense at the point of attack. And so you've had a lot of problems slowing down 
like I know Brogdon's not your typical quick guard or anything like that. He is he's quick enough even with that with all the injuries, but he's a little bit bigger and and he's most huge. Yeah. So my my concern is Brogdon driving the lane, creating opportunities, especially for guys on the perimeter, uh, and and you know what that situation's been like since he's come back from injury. Because again, from Miami's guard situation has been really unstable. Kendrick Nunn not expected to be back in time for the Pacers. He's outside of the quarantine situation in Orlando, so uh, that's been a concern for Miami fans. Um, you know, he hasn't been particularly good anyway. So now, of course, then the reality, the, the the hope is that Tyler Hero will continue starting even when Jimmy Butler returns, if he returns. And if that's the case, then I don't know what Hero can do to stop a guy like Brogdon. Although Hero's a little bit bigger, I think he's as big, or if not a little bit taller than Brogdon, at least from his listed height. But I just his defense isn't great, and he's not going to body him up. What do you see about the Brogdon matchup as far as maybe his, him, his ability to get shots against Hero and him also guarding Hero because Hero has been very, very right. good at creating off the dribble. Yeah, the Heat have clearly been great this season, but part of the reason I think the Miami Pacers matchup would be a good choice for the Pacers in the first round if they can angle for it is because the, the, the Heat don't have a perfect answer for Brogdon unless they're willing to stick Jimmy Butler on him, right? None. He's not going to play in this game, obviously, but you know, none. He might is, not start again once he comes back. They're already. Oh, really? Yeah, there's already questions about his commitment to the team. I, I read that. Yeah, I read that in the report when he left the Yeah, I don't, I don't think I might be a little overstating it, but, I mean, whatever. We, we don't know what those questions right. are. But even still, before that, he just wasn't playing well, and I think that's the biggest issue. He, he Obviously, he came back after having tested positively for COVID-19, and then his his health might not be at 100%. Bam Adebayo has already said his health isn't at 100%. So although his play doesn't show it, uh, with none, <laughs> it did show it. Like he, he just hasn't shot well, he hasn't driven the ball, and he doesn't do anything else well. He doesn't make plays for others at this point in his career, and he's not right. a, a good defender. He constantly goes under screens. So I can just imagine them pick and rolling none to death if he was out there. So <laughs> yeah. It's almost it's almost better for Miami that he's not available. Right it's not, now. yeah, because Brogdon like has the size advantage on him, can defend, and in the bubble has been you know unheralded because they've got good performances from you know Depot at times, Turner, Warren especially, obviously, and you know they just guys. But Brogdon's been twenty plus in three of the four games. His defense is always solid, high IQ guy, right? Like Iguodala, just in general, really, really understands where he needs to stand or position himself in a way that, you know, you don't, you don't look at it, you don't notice it when the game is happening, but on the watchback, you're like, oh, that really helped this guy or that guy. Six-plus assists every game. So I, I really like, like him in this matchup, like you just said. I think Hero, beyond just not being an awesome defender, like because he's a rookie, will struggle to, to contain him. Brogdon just had no trouble with the Suns, just blew by everybody on his way to the rim. Lakers, to a lesser extent, but still good, but he was burying his threes in that game. He's looked really kind of more spry than I expected him to look. Uh, so I think this is a good matchup for him. But, yeah, Hero on the other end is electric. That dude can hit off the dribble shots. He's a movement shooter. He's just really talented on offense for rookie. Didn't he just have a crazy good game against the Suns, right? He had like 20-something? Yes, game. yeah. He was starting, so he, he came off. Uh, he had been coming off the bench, but he, he did start in place of none, and he had a really good game, creating opportunities for others, which the point guard hero thing, I don't think a lot of people expect it to work, but it has shown that uh, he's capable of handling that 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 you know, that workload and that he wants to get other guys going too, as well as being able, as you said, to create his own shot. I do wonder that, you know, Brogdon can play point guard, but for the Pacers, like 
between Brogdon, Oladipo, and Warren, none of them are point guards per se, but they can all like dribble it up the court and initiate a set. I think with Butler back, the Heat could have a similar situation going on with Butler and Hero that, you know, they're not the point guard like that you think of that's, you know, doing all the passing and calling right. the player or whatever, but they can, you know, initiate the set, good enough score to make stuff happen. So yeah, Depot, like Depot and Brogdon are, are mostly called upon to initiate sets, but also in half-court sets, not necessarily bringing the ball up. Well, or, Aaron Holiday's mixed in there too, which adds sure. a fun wrinkle to the Pacers. Uh, but he, he mostly looks to score. He's done a much better job passing in these games than I anticipated. Like, he was a negative bad passer in the scrimmages, but all of a sudden in the, in the seeding games when it matters, Aaron Holiday's been really good, like, on offense in general. I mean, really – did a good job guarding LeBron at times, and he's been unbelievably good. In- so that that's an interesting one there, because my my concern then is I was looking at the Miami lineups and, and how they'd fare, assuming that Jimmy's in and that Tyler starts in place for none. I guess that would leave Crowder, Robinson, and Adebayo as the other starters. At least that's the projected lineup as I see it right now. Robinson, obviously, an extremely dangerous weapon, and getting better just for your listeners that haven't been able to, to see Miami, he is very good at showing that he's just not a three-point shooter, that he can get to the rim. He has some size that kind of goes under the radar at 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he, he's able to get to the rim. He's, he's not a bad finisher around the rim either. He's not flashy, but because he's athletic and he's long, he can do a pretty good job at finishing at the rim, and he's able to get past his guard. And so you have to guard him because of his shooting you, you never want to let him open for too long a time He's so good at leveraging that shot into a, a two-pointer though right so and, good. and so yeah who's gonna who do you see guarding him as far as the starters are concerned um good question because Warren, like even if it's not maybe not the best matchup in this particular game but warren's gonna guard jimmy right that's set that's done so you have to choose crowder hero duncan robinson between depot brogdon and Aaron Holiday, whichever one's the shortest, will probably get Aaron Holiday, but I don't know that. I mean, they're all pretty good defenders at in some way or another. Maybe what they'll do, I don't. I actually really don't know that one. That's that's kind of because coming to, off of screens, he's constantly right. moving, right? So it's yeah, not just chasing Duncan. I think they'll they'll put Aaron there actually, just because he's the youngest, the fast. Oh man, I really don't know. Wow, this is hard. I never actually thought. And, and the I dribble only, handoffs, his connection with Bam has taken another leap in the bubble, which we had not anticipated either. He, they've got this two-man game going. Wow. You, you'll see this. The, the dribble handoff connection between them is excellent. If, if, if Duncan can't get his shot after the first dribble handoff, he'll dish it back to Bam, reset. Bam lets down another screen, and they'll kick it to him, and he'll Dang. do that one dribble three that he's been able to knock down so well. So, Or, again, get to the rim or run the pick and roll where the, you know, all of a sudden Bam dives to the hoop, and he's got a good look. Because, again, uh, Duncan's been a very good passer, which you know, a lot of people did not expect either. He's known just as a, you know, a white guy who can shoot very well, but he's not that. He's, he can create. He can put the ball down. And, and so he's been very, very good. He's a right. dangerous weapon. I think I have my answer. Does Jay Crowder ever dribble, like ever? Rarely, rarely. Okay, rarely, I think yeah. they'll go Aaron Holiday on Jay Crowder, Depot just to blow up DHOs on D Rob, and then Brogdon on Hero. But I don't, you know that that's hard. That that's a really tough, and that's tough both directions, right? Those are some very interesting cross matches. Yeah, th- this Warren playing as well as he has has all of a sudden shifted the calculus a lot. As right. far as I, I think, you would have looked at these two teams and as well coached as the Pacers are, as deep as they are. I think you would say that Miami is probably a little bit better than they are, more talented. 
uh, or maybe just even more experienced. But now yep. with Warren playing the way they are, I just I, the two teams match up incredibly well. It's a, incredibly I, well. I, if you had asked Heat fans prior to the bubble what they would have liked as far as a matchup between the Pacers or Sixers, they would have preferred the Pacers matchup. And now I don't I don't have an answer as quickly or clearly as I once did. Yeah, I've always wanted the Heat. Not that I think the Heat are like an easy out, but I think the Pacers would fare the best against them. That makes but, sense. But you know, Sabonis kind of changed that a little bit. But now he doesn't right. change it at all. I think it's back to back to being the Heat. Although Simmons being out, I think just means both of these teams just want to get the four or five and just not deal with the Celtics. But anywho, I think we've we've beat around the bush with the perimeter. Not beat around the bush. That's the We've been talking about the perimeter guys a lot, and rightfully so. They're all really talented. Will have a massive impact on this game. But I think something that makes the heat tough for the Pacers without Sabonis is Bam is just going to dominate Miles Turner, I think, because Bam is better. And Turner struggles with guys who are good with the ball around the basket, right? He's a great pick-and-roll defender, maybe maybe top two in the NBA pick-and-roll defender, great at recovering in space, good at defending the rim. You know, guards always talk about Kyrie Irving. I remember this quote forever. In the playoffs last year, always talked about how, you know, their eyes got huge and they got psyched when Turner came out of the game against the Celtics because they can actually get the room and score, right? They, they couldn't do that when he was in the game. But he's not very good at actually guarding centers, right? And B just dominates him. Vooch did a good job against him. Uh, the Lakers just, you know, Dwight Howard out-rebounded him like crazy. Bam's going to do great against Turner. And Bam can do everything. Bam can rebound, pass, score. He'll do a great job. So the Patriots kind of have to make up for that deficit on the perimeter. And that's the question is, can they find enough favorable matchups there to win it? And it's going to be tough. The Heat are pretty good. You know, I, I, I wonder about that because I, I, you know, Adebayo isn't a polished scorer around the rim. He doesn't have a low post game. He, he relies so heavily. The elbows, man. Yeah, he, he relies so heavily on his athleticism and his hops. Uh, and for that, you know, obviously much quicker than your average center, even quicker than Turner. I think he'll be able to get plenty of opportunities around the rim, but he's not going to bully his way past Turner. Maybe it doesn't take as much, but I don't think he's mostly going to worry about – he's a lob threat, something that you have to take into consideration. Is Turner right. good at helping as far as defense is concerned? Does he sag off your typical center to help if somebody kind of penetrates on the drive? He very rarely gets caught on no man's land. He's pretty good about that. Okay. So, I mean, it might not be the kind of dominant – matchup that you anticipate like i mean i'm sure bam will get his i just don't know that he's going to necessarily dominate turner hits his threes it's a wash right because he that's his thing he did not hit his threes against the lakers and that made it that made it tough for him but yeah i i you know looking at the pacers matchup i you know spo has done some crazy things i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if bam doesn't necessarily guard turner wow they stick crowder on turner and then you put bam on one of those guards that can go off and i mean certainly that's the whole thing now with Crowder in the lineup, something you can't have with Myers Leonard is that you can be a lot more switchable and versatile right. as to who you pick up. And Duncan, again, being a little bigger, um, he, he fits in right there. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're most, your weakest spot on defense in that starting lineup, at least how I project it to be, is Hero with, with Robinson coming off after yeah. that. But everybody else is, again, really big, switchable, and quick. So you can have some interesting lineups there. You know, Adebayo, uh, you know, he, he picked up Devin Booker extensively against the Suns and limited him uh, from the perimeter. Obviously, he didn't have a three-point shot against uh, Miami. So that was uh, impressive. Maybe there's just a Kentucky matchup going up against one another there. But I could see Adebayo trying to limit Warren or Depot or even Brogdon to some extent. So th- last thing. On the matchup, and then I want to ask you who wins. Three sentences. You get three sentences. Talk about the Heat bench. <laughs> I will also do three sentences on the Pacers bench. 
again, <laughs> deep because they understand their role, less so now because Heroes in the starting lineup and without Goron, not particularly good, although Kelly Olenek has been surprisingly great. That although made you make that third sentence very long. I liked that strategy. I Thank should you. Pull that in. Very good. Yeah, so it's going to be DJJ, Iggy, Olenek, and Solomon Hill probably, right, without yeah. Goron? Hill's been getting minutes over Myers. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is purely situational at this point. Because of, <laughs> because of uh, you know, uh, Jimmy being out, he's been getting some minutes. But, right. uh, you know, without his shot falling, he's not particularly good. Pacers bench time. Okay, three sentences. Much worse without Sabonis. Shooter struggling without Sabonis. McConnell needs to be electric for unit to be good. So... Normally the Pacers bench. This is now a thought on both units. Normally the Pacers benches would keep them in games uh, when Sabonis was with them. Without Sabonis, obviously they've been awesome with their starters because Warren's been ridiculous. But they don't have that advantage anymore. So I, I kind of consider the benches a wash in this game. But if you have a different opinion, let me know. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the question is whether or not Goran returns right. and is healthy. And he's he's still very productive and savvy enough to get his. He'll he'll force you know opposing opposing defenders into foul trouble. So. He's uh he's still if not an all star level player he's just under that I, I think anyway. So the big question, have, yeah, the winner of this game is the four seed at the end of the game. Who's, <laughs> who, who's winning? Too many questions about Jimmy's return and Goron. <laughs> I have to say the Pacers win. Wow, look at that. Yeah, the you know what we haven't seen Depot against the Heat this year. Brogdon only played once. Sabonis is out. Like it's 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 kind of hard to use past matchups between these teams to look yeah, nothing makes sense at this yet. game right it's totally different which makes me want to also pick the Pacers because they're playing really well in the bubble but the story of this game is less the game and the result and more about one matchup I think I think Friday or Friday yeah Friday's game will be a lot about the game unless both teams already know their seating and they just don't care but you know do, that do game you, do you care do you think the Pacers care about their seating or is it just about kind of establishing that same rhythm that I talk uh about? Yeah, I think they don't want to play the Celtics. I don't. I mean, that's never been asked of any player or coach. I just, I think they match up poorly against the Celtics and not as poorly against the Heat or the Sixers without Simmons. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think they'll try to get in the four or five. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't think Miami. Honestly, I don't think they care. Wow. Uh, yeah, they they've shown they can beat Milwaukee and they beat Toronto and they beat Boston. So there, I think the feeling there is that they match up well with anybody when they're healthy and, and playing their best. And so, I, I mean, maybe you could say that, make that same argument for every team, but Miami certainly feels pretty confident about their chances given their coaching experience and, and yeah. depth and everything else. See, here's why I'm an idiot because they went three and one against the Sixers. The Pacers went three and one against the Sixers this season. They split with the Celtics. They beat the Bucks. I mean, Giannis didn't play, but they beat the Bucks and they beat the Raptors and they're zero two against the Heat. And I'm still like. I want to play the Heat the first round. <laughs> the only team they have yet to beat. I'm like, that's the one. Yeah, get them. So I don't know what the heck's going to happen. But yeah, I think I, I don't know that they care, but I think they do. So we'll see. That's why the, these two games are going to be so fascinating this week. Uh, it is. Who, who, it's, uh, what game is sandwiched in between for the Pacers? Uh, they have the Rockets, actually, who oh, definitely will care about their seed. So that'll be a tough one. Yeah. yeah uh, we faced the Thunder. So the same uh, thing. Yeah. No. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, it's a it's a great week. It's turned out to be so much fun. Uh, and I, I mean, I didn't ask the same of you, but uh, have you been pleasantly surprised by everything you've seen in the bubble? Just in general, yeah. I mean, I just as a, a general pessimist uh, with the pandemic, I didn't think it would work. Right. So right. the fact that the the bubble's even working is awesome to me. Basketball has been high quality. Uh, it seems like all the players are you know outside of 
being away from their family and missing their family. You know, we got Justin Holiday vlogging. Like, it seems like they're all having a good time. And, you know, I personally am, am enjoying it. But, yeah, my pessimism was was in the way for a while. But zero positive tests in a month now. I mean, I got to yeah. get over that. It's been awesome. It has. David, you are on Twitter. Where can people follow you and all your stuff? Everybody can always follow me at DRamil13, or you can follow any musings about the heat over at Locked on Heat, of course. And uh, I am at T East NBA, and like Locked on Heat, the Pacers show is at Locked on Pacers. David, I have a feeling I'll be talking to you many times in the future. So I'm looking Always forward. good talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, glad we got a chance to connect and, and talk about what should be a fun game. And like you said, I'm sure we will be talking quite a bit over the next month or so. It's, it's going to be great. Should be fun, David. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And our respective shows will catch you soon.